Hello, all you happy innovators out there. Are you having a good week? I hope you're having a good week. I'm having a pretty good week. Actually, it's been a pretty good year, you know? Uh, the year of Escons is almost done. I'm working on the last track right now. Um, I am finally finishing that project. Uh, 12 songs, 12 months. And I'm working on the final month right now. So, wrapping that up. And I'm really glad, because it was a lot of work. But it was a lot of fun, too. So, um... I also want to mention really quick before I continue with the podcast today that there's an artist I think that you should check out, okay? Uh, it's a group called Tempus, T-E-M-P-U-S, and Tempus is a duo, okay? Um, two people, uh, a guy named Kevin Fleming, who does vocals and keyboards, and another guy, Stuart Grieve, who does keyboards and engineering and production. Okay, uh, two guys, Tempest, and uh, Kevin Fleming's voice is very interesting. Okay, it sounds uh, Bowie-esque, I guess, um, a very rich vocal, and the production on these songs, folks. Let me tell you something. Okay, this Stuart Grieve, um, this guy is gifted as a producer, and. You know, I don't know much, but I know that, okay? Um, his production abilities are so far beyond mine, okay? And I could learn from this guy. I mean, I could take lessons. And if he didn't live so far away, um, I probably would. <laughs> I'd probably pay him to teach me, you know? Um so I'm going to leave you the links to Tempest down below. And they just released a new collection of songs called A Moment's Peace. And it's just song for song. You'll see what I mean when you listen to it, especially if you produce music and you create music. Uh, you'll be able to tell right away that this guy is really good. His productions are world class. Okay. Um, so check him out. Uh, he's been a supporter of me for a long time, and he's always listened to what I've made, and he's always engaged and made comments. And man, let me tell you, it helps me out. And I'm all about reciprocity. So if he's willing to help me out, the least I could do is return that favor. So thank you, Grebo, and thank you, Tempest, for being supportive of Pipe Choir and Pipe Choir Records, and really, of me, Mike Bostwick. Thank you. And uh, glad I could return the favor. The least I could do is help you out, too. So, folks, if you get a chance, I'll leave the links and everything down below in the description of this, and you can check out Tempest. Uh, their album is called A Moment's Peace, and uh, it's really good. It's really good stuff. Um... So, anyway, I was trying to come up with something to talk about, you know, this, for this episode. And it's really kind of a weird thing because um, normally when I'm thinking about what I want to talk about, there's this moment where like it hits me and it just goes, boom, okay, that's the topic. 
and then I go right in and start talking about it. I have a clear direction and I just start going. And all week long, I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for that to happen. And (laughs) it wasn't happening. So I was kind of relieved today. I could tell when I woke up today, it was going to be one of those days where something was going to come. I could feel it. And sure enough, you know, my wife and I sit down for breakfast really early in the morning and we start talking about something and then, you know, bam, there it is. There's, I have an idea. This is what I want to talk about. So I'm going to share with you the story. Okay. So back in like 2002, my wife and I were living in Maryland right near Washington, D.C. And we knew that we didn't want to stay there for another year. Okay. Um, So, after thinking about it, I decided that I was interested in the Berklee School of Music. I thought that it might be uh, a good decision for me to go and at least check out the school and see if it was something I would really want to commit to and see if I could get accepted into the school. So they were going to have a tour of the Berklee School of Music and uh, my wife and I were going to go. So we got in the car and we were driving from Maryland to Boston. And, you know, we're driving along and everything is just normal, you know. And it was raining pretty good. I remember that. And we're just driving along and talking. And it's like, you know, raining outside, but it's nice and warm in the car. Quiet. And we're kind of listening to some music and just kind of talking. And all of a sudden, in the oncoming lane, this car comes zipping past me like 110 miles per hour. Okay. And... I mean, it kind of startled me a little bit because it came so fast and it was, you know, going around me on the freeway, you know, but it was driving in the oncoming lane in the wrong direction. And it was going like 110 miles per hour. It had to be. It was was flying past me. Okay. And, you know, just as soon as it passed us, I kind of said to my wife, like, what an idiot, man. It's like raining. You know, that person's going to get killed. And it was like almost as soon as I said that, okay, this car hydroplanes, okay, and it hits the barrier on the side of the freeway. And it like, it didn't flip over, okay, but it almost did. And it just, it smashed into the railing and it kind of flew in the air for maybe, maybe five feet off the ground. Okay, and it slams into the ground and skids back into the barrier, smashes into the barrier and comes to a stop. Well, so I pull over on the side of the road and I get out of the car and I'm walking over to this car. Okay, and I notice that the dome light is on in the car and the airbag had gone off, so I couldn't see a person in the car. I couldn't make out the shape of a person. All I saw was this dome light with this 
cloud of dust that filled the car. Okay. So as I'm walking up to the car, I can't see anybody. I can't see what's in the car. Okay. And, uh, Right when I walked up to the car to grab the door handle and open the car door, I froze for a moment and I thought to myself, you know, I'm not sure what I'm going to see when I open this thing, you know. So I have to kind of pause for a moment and prepare myself for, you know, at this point, really anything. Okay. And it was a little scary, you know, I'll admit that it was, it was a little creepy because you just don't know what's going to be in there. Well, right when I opened the door, this girl like pushes the door open and kind of like falls out of the car a little bit, like stumbles out of the car and she was totally hammered. I mean, snockered, drunk, you know? And uh, she starts stumbling around and, you know, mumbling incoherently and just kind of, you know, just kind of dazed, you know. And uh, I guide her over to this guardrail and I have her like sit down and I call my wife over like, hey, come over here and take care of her, you know, but just keep an eye on her. Make sure she stays sitting down, you know, she doesn't get up and walk into traffic or something. And uh, so my wife goes over and takes care of that. And then the traffic had started to back up a little bit because everybody behind us had slowed down and they'd seen this and there's this car in the middle of the road. Right. So I start kind of like directing traffic. All right. And this truck pulls up and he's, hey, is everybody OK? And I'm like, hey, do you have a phone? Because at the time, my wife and I, for one reason or another, didn't have our phone with us. And uh, this trucker, you know. Calls it in, 911. And so there I am directing traffic. My wife is over here, you know, playing nursemaid to this lady that's, you know, just gotten this major accident. And we're just kind of, you know, dealing with it, you know, kind of took control of the situation. And everything went fine. Traffic was flowing until the ambulance came and the police came. And then we just kind of. We just kind of explained what happened, what we saw, and we were free to go, you know. So we got in the car, we're back on the road, and it was just so strange, okay? Like, one minute we're driving down the road, everything's calm and quiet, right? Two seconds later, I'm outside the car in the rain, directing traffic, dealing with the situation. And then a few minutes after that, I'm back in the car, right where we began, you know, warm, quiet, just driving along, you know. And it was really weird. <laughs> it was just really weird. Uh, a strange situation that we were kind of thrust into, or I should say was thrust upon us and we had to deal with it, you know. And when I think about that story now, what comes to me is just how weird it was that we handled that situation as well as we did because we're not EMT workers we have no experience like that okay but the situation was thrust upon us and we handled it the way we did and it's just kind of a little shocking 
to me that it went the way it did. Okay. Because I think that if it were planned or something, I wouldn't have handled it as well. (laughs) It just was what we had to deal with at that moment. And we did it really well. Okay. And I guess I'm telling the story really because it makes me think about this. Okay. I saw this documentary once about um, locusts and when they swarm, you know, and it was really fascinating because what I didn't know until I watched this documentary was that locusts exist in a certain form, okay? They're an insect, they look a certain way when they're in normal mode, okay? But when locusts swarm, what happens is they physically change, okay? They they turn into a different creature. This actually happens, okay? Where they shed the being that they were in their normal state and they go into swarm mode and they physically change all of them do and they become a completely different creature they literally change their physical form to go into swarm mode okay and that was fascinating to me i mean it just blows my mind that that can happen right but i tie it into the story like this like We don't know what we're capable of until we're put into a situation like we we change when we're put into different situations, you know, like um, I had no idea until this event happened with this girl in the car on the freeway that I was capable of handling a situation like that. You know, like if you would have asked me if I were capable of it, I would have said no. But it wasn't until I was in the situation, literally in the middle of it, that I realized I was. That there was some part of my being and my brain that can handle and cope with that kind of situation. And it surprised me about myself. I still am kind of intrigued by that that there's me in the normal state that I'm used to and depending on the circumstances you know what kind of things come up or whatever um, that I may or may not be equipped to handle that was something I was able to handle and it just surprises me about myself Because that's just not something I would imagine myself uh, being capable of. And uh, I kind of, like I said, I kind of tie it into that locust thing where you literally change, you know, an event is taking place and you have to change to adapt to the situation and deal with it. And I guess I'm just surprised that I was able to do that, you know. Much like those locusts, you know, they change. They literally change. 
uh, when the circumstances change. And uh, and that's kind of what it was like for my wife and I. We just kind of clicked into a different mode, you know. It was uh, a side of our personalities like that we were both kind of surprised by. Especially after the fact, when the adrenaline wore off and we're, you know, calmed down and everything's back to normal again. And we were, you know, reflecting on it. It was just really strange. Um, so that's really what I wanted to talk about, really, was the fact that, that we are all capable of things that we're not even really aware of until we're forced to deal with a set of circumstances that brings that kind of element out of our personalities, you know, and our our capabilities. It just is really one of those things. And, And to finish the story, I'll say that I did go to Berkeley. We made it there. And we did a, you know, tour of the school. And I did apply to Berkeley. I did apply to the Berkeley School of Music, but I was not accepted because I don't know how to read music. And I guess I used to bum out quite a bit because I wasn't accepted into Berkeley, but it turns out in the end that it was probably better for me that I didn't go there. It was better for me to just be making music, I guess, and and just teaching myself. You know, so that's all I wanted to tell you. Kind of a weird story, you know, but uh, it's fascinating to me. The whole thing, the whole story is just the whole idea of what we're capable of, you know, as people, that depending on the circumstances, you know, depending on what's needed, uh, We can rise to the occasion and handle it. And, uh, and that's very surprising to me, you know, very interesting lesson in life. So with that, this is Mike Bostwick from Pipe Choir Records signing off. And remember folks, if you want to keep what you've got, you've got to give it away. Take it easy.